I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Warning. We at the Premier Non-League Podcast have missed you this summer. So we've talked a little bit longer than usual on this episode. So just beware, this is an extra long start to the season. Are you PNLP? This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. Well, well, well. We haven't got a full house for episode 49 of the first one of the 23-24 season. Welcome back to the Premier Non-League Podcast. I think it's time for us all to introduce ourselves again, because I think the listeners have forgotten who we are, don't we, Trev? I've forgotten who I am. Yeah. What's your name? And where do you come from, Silla Black? <laughs> What's your name? Where'd you come from? <laughs> Trev's here. Gaz is here, Hello. sitting in a car, away from a kid's party slash barbecue that you're just trying to get some respite. But um, I think, firstly, we've said it on Twitter... Say it on live. Congratulations to you and Chelsea for the birth of your child. So congratulations, round of applause and everything from the love um, of the PNLP family and the listeners. Got a bit of love for that on the socials, mate. How's it? Um, how's it being a father so far? Like, I know you've obviously got a stepson, but you know, for a newborn, what's it like? Um, well, I've established that between the hours of eleven p.m. and five a.m., I'm as useless as a, as useful as a chocolate teapot, like. It's so much so that after my wife had been home, to, had been home two nights, I got up to do a, a night a night feed with her, and she was like, "Go back to bed, you're annoying me." That's not what she said, <laughs> but I'm trying to trying not to swear. Yeah, we don't want any libel cases um, here, no. No, it was a, a foxtrot Oscar back to bed. You're making no sense. Um, so I've, that's got me out of the night feeds from day one. So, I say, Gareth, was that was that a ploy to get out of the night time? <laughs> no, genuinely, genuinely. I can wake up at 5am and be absolutely normal and I can go to 11pm but between those those six hours are exclusively reserved for sleep and um, I make zero sense so it was it was great I mean I've done a couple of sort of 4ams that's all right just about um, but no she's great um, and it yeah it's, it's it's nice. So now you know how my wife sounds when I don't even have children I'm like 24 hours of the day yeah. Yeah. <laughs> makes no sense and it's like f off anyway i think everyone, I think everyone that listens to this podcast knows yep. how little yep. sense you make yeah 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 we got that uh, shut up brummy and 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 those dulcet brummy tones i haven't heard from a few months because for the first time in a few months i'm doing a podcast with pete peter hello mate what's been going on where have you been hiding i can't even get you on the rebel yell podcast your own home podcast but we get you on the premier non-league podcast are you trying to show your loyalties to something else has Gaz, has Gaz and, uh, and Trev been slipping you some notes under under the radar? Well, if you haven't got the message yet, James, then I'll give up. <laughs> oh, well, well, well. well. James out. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. That's so nice. Not a nice welcome. But Chris doesn't want me out because we did that amazing summer special, didn't we, Chris? It was a good laugh, that. That was good. It was good, Craig. Yeah. 
And actually, it must have been good because Trev actually said he really enjoyed it. So, you know, it must have been all right then, mustn't it? <laughs> I did. It was a good listen, chaps, actually, while I was on the uh, sunbeds yeah. in uh, Portugal. It was good. I mean, that book that book is fantastic. I'm not even going to tell you what it is because you should go back in the listening history and you can listen for it yourself. But fantastic book. Buy it. It's out. I think it's out now, isn't it, Chris? Or is it out? No, it's out on the 10th, wasn't it? I think 10th of August. So That's when this it. podcast actually comes out, it will be out and available in Waterstones. And I do have to say, please buy it because as we said on that, uh, we said plenty of times and we said it in a group if you read it, it you can relate to it. it doesn't matter what club you're supporting but us all loving non-league we know and we've been involved at non-league and all different levels and we know that most of those stories we can relate to can't we chaps absolutely yeah so fantastic anyway how's the summer been guys how's it been how have we have we been missing the football because trev you've been sunning yourself in portugal haven't you where i'm currently located recording this podcast but um, I haven't got my moves out for the for the lovely uh, Portuguese listeners right now. But how was your holiday? Was your come back nice and R and R? You got a bit of a colour to you there, mate. I see. I thought you'd yeah. pasty. Cheers, guys. Yeah, that, that mate, that's that's summer in England. That would be pasty. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? We haven't even had a bloody summer. Trevor has to even go away, and that's saying something, isn't it? If you yeah, have to no, get a plane really to nice, get some. Really nice. Lots of podcasts. Lots of blogs. Bit of sunshine. Now, did you, yeah. did you, being the guy that loves football and especially at a lower level, did you happen to have a sneaky check to see if there's any fixtures on around your hotel or were you completely tuned out from going and watching football for you? Were you told by the missus? No I chance. think his missus would have killed him if he had. Because <laughs> no, I was, expect, I was went, expected to went... see Trevor saying checked in at some random like Pride de Luge <laughs> FC or something like that. And like, you know, she, some like... She went, shopping. she went shopping with the girl. So if I wanted to, I probably would have got away with it. But to be honest... There's enough football coming up. That was just all about having a good good break and yeah. um, some sunshine before starting the new job. It's a lovely, it's a lovely, um, lovely country that is Portugal and you know Mediterranean. Great, great little location. But we're not talking about those sunny climes because it's, it's right. It's Atlantic, actually... James, not the Med. Oh, Atlantic coast. Yeah, sorry. Well, Spanish. I mean, I, I love Spain. You know, I love Spain. Uh, I went to Spain. It's Portugal, though, James. What do you do for a living? Uh, mate, sorry, seriously, if I've been on six, <laughs> as I said, six pre 4 a.m. wake ups, to be honest, I'm really surprised I even know I'm in Portugal right now, let alone anywhere else in the world. I've been all over the bloody continent. But anyway, we're back to England, we're back to the football, and we're back to the season. And Chris, you've had your first taste of step two football with a bit of success, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Uh, there was a bit of scepticism after pre season, a mixed pre season to say the least. and uh, we faced Alfred and Town on Saturday, playoff side. They reached the playoffs last season. And uh, yes, they were missing two or three players, but we were excellent. And a real breath of fresh air. It was a, it was a super little introduction to, to National League football. What a, a fantastic day all around. A real breath of fresh air. Hugh York as first competitive game. And we uh, we didn't fluff our lines. We were We were excellent. And obviously, we talked about Julio Arca, you know, coming into uh, South Shield at the end of last season because, as listeners will realise, that we sort of celebrated you getting promoted with Phillips and then, obviously, within a week. And on that podcast, I remember you saying, <laughs> I-, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd gone. You literally, I, don't yeah. even th- I-, I almost don't even think the podcast had come out <laughs> when it actually said, actually, he has gone. So, And he still hasn't got a club yet, has he, as far as I know? No. no and was- you, you, you were thought, thinking he was going to a couple of places, didn't you? Yeah, there was talk of him going to Walsall, and that was a, we felt it was a done deal. But in his absence, whilst on holiday, I think the chairman found someone else. Then there was talk of Solly Hull. I've been told that the chairman at Solly Hull was looking to cut the budget somewhat. So 
he wasn't interested in that. So as it stands at the moment, he hasn't got a club. Um, no. But that that's that's the way it is. He, I don't think he's any in any hurry. No, but more for him for not experiencing a bit of National League North football before he sort of, you know, it would have been nice to add to his CV. But what, what are your thoughts so far on Julio Arca? Like, I mean, one game in, you said a mixed pre-season, but pre-season's pre-season, as we all know. What what are the thoughts so far? I mean, obviously, how was that day for you on Saturday? You know, was, did you feel any different from a normal match day you've experienced in the past years? A bit more excitement or anything in sort of around the ground, the buzz? Did you seem to be less pressure? I think last season in particular, there was a... A case of South Shields just having to be promoted after what had happened in the previous three years with the budget, with the fact that the, the, you know, the, it's a full-time team and uh, the, there was a lot of pressure on. Saturday just felt as though there was none of that and it was an almost like a an opportunity for, for the team to to, ha- to to just have a, it was like a free hit almost. Um, see, the, the, the players played without fear. Uh, there was a real front foot feel to it. Mm-hmm. And Julio appears to want to play on the front foot with with intensity. But the biggest thing for us is the fact that he, he appointed Tommy Miller as his assistant. And Tommy spent years in National League North with Spenny Moore, um, time with Halifax as well. So his his knowledge of the level um can't be overestimated. So no, it was a great day. Um, Shields played really, really well uh, without, again, without fear. So it was, mm-hmm. it was a smashing afternoon, smashing. And how, how have you been over some signings wise? Um, signed well, impressed players, lost players that you expected to stay. How's it been for Shields? Well, they hadn't done too much in the transfer market until last Wednesday when uh, three three players were signed. So all in all, brought six in. Uh, but three of those came in on Wednesday, and three of the, all three started. In fact, all six started on Saturday, and uh, you could see the levels they are. They're a higher level of player than what we had last season. We signed Paul Blackett and John Lefudu from Spennymoor. Um, Ronnie and I on the Mariners podcast interviewed Tommy Miller last week, and Tommy mm-hmm. was he was absolutely certain that you know Lefudu. And, and and Blackett in particular, they had to be brought in. They were players he really wanted. Um, and we've signed two from Gateshead. One, a kid from Alf Church called uh, Jed Abbey, who... Um, Pete's, Pete's second club. Yeah, he's huge. He's a huge guy. 21 years old, massive unit. And uh, he didn't he didn't fluff his lines on Saturday. Two goals and an, an, and an assist. So... Um, so the signings have been have been excellent. There's there's going to be one or two more. There's going to be a few going out. I think um, I can see one or two of the lads who were out on loan last year will go out on loan again. Mm-hmm. We've already got um, ones already just left last week. So, uh, but all in all, good business. Yeah, then you're happy with that. And um, do you do, do you have any early season? Thoughts. I mean, I know you probably say just to stay up would be one thing, but is there any? Because you can always dream, and there's sensible dreams. So I can refer to this on the last episode of the season in a sort of a, you know nine months time from now. Well, I made a prediction that we would finish round about eighth, okay. um, just outside the playoffs. Just outside the playoffs, but hey, you know nothing stopping Shields having a go at the playoffs. Um, you, can see, you can see it from Worthing last year. We would have been happy. Yeah, absolutely. We're expecting we we're mid-table and we hit fourth. <laughs> 
Yeah, I said just before we came on eight, the one or two of the lads that uh, um, there's nothing stopping us from doing a Worthing because, yeah, we're not the biggest spenders anymore like we have been for the last seven years, but the budget's still healthy. We, you know, we're still a full time team. Um, nothing stopping Shields from yeah. having a right good goal. Yeah, no. Well, we look forward to seeing the season. We, we, we're we going to have to think of a new question, chaps, because there was one question last year, will Shell Shields be promoted? I think it was a bi-weekly regu- regular thing. So what could it be this year? I don't know. Will South Shields finish late? Will South Shields make the playoff? <laughs> Echo in the room. There we go. No, we like it. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, No, well done, Chris, and we look forward to seeing the rest of the season for you in the Shields, guys. Um, Talk about step two. Pete, we, um, we, we scored a worldy... As uh, no, has been, didn't. It's been no, a didn't. Of, uh, topic of conversation in our chat. It, it was a bog standard. By Nicky Wheeler. Was oh, was it now? Was it now? Yeah. yeah do, do we? Do we now? Uh, uh, Trev's now loading up the screenshots of the like messages from the group, and he's about to upload them on the PNLP <laughs> Twitter right now to prove otherwise. Um, for the first time on our opening day in step two, we won because uh, last year we drew one one on a scrappy game against Stoke, <laughs> marred by bad behaviour. But Tunbridge Angels came to town this week. Pete, I wasn't there, as you know, I was being trounced all over Europe. In all honesty, how did we play? Because I've heard like mixed, mixed reviews, mixed stories. Yeah, it was a, it was a. Gaz, how would you explain the goal from Nicky Wheeler? I'd say it was a good hit and poor, poor goalkeeping. Yeah, Pete, what? How would you, how would you explain? Uh, Nicky Wheeler's goal. Honestly, he hit it like a rocket, and it, it moved a bit. The goalkeeper had bodies in front of him, which didn't help him. Um, but he's, he's hit it like an absolute rocket, as far as I'm concerned. Worthing FC, uh, Worthing FC on Twitter on uh, YouTube, guys. <laughs> if you want to see it for yourself, have a look and let us know in the comments how you uh, how what you actually feel at the PNLP and see if Pete's <laughs> talking sense or not. But um how, how how was how was the I'm game gonna, though? Like obviously I'm one... put it out on Twitter as a little poll. Okay. Um well, talking sense worldy or goalkeeper error. error. Did I call yeah. it a worldy? Yeah you did. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. Look, you know what you know what I'll go maybe. I'll go on there right now and I think Gareth you could put a picture of Pete actually saying it. Um, where is it? When was it? Uh, keep talking, keep talking, Pete. When I'm looking, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, the world, world, eh? going back to the main thing and winning any game in the 90th, 95th minute is excellent. Um, I thought we thoroughly deserved it. I think the new, the new signings, um, played really well. Um, I like uh. Joe Felix, who we got from Dulwich, yeah, he sounds like he's a yeah. bit of a mustard, that guy. Yeah, he was you know, just busy, just a live wire. Um, Wheeler, obviously, very good. Classy midfield is good. I think we, we controlled the game, to be honest. They had a couple of chances, but they didn't yeah. make that much. And I think somebody was saying, oh, it should, you know, that would have been fair if it was a draw. But when you look at the stats, we had 12 corners to compare to one for them. So I think that sort of shows... The dominance of the game that we well, we got had. we got tagged in from a, a Tunbridge listener, which thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. That he feels that every time Tunbridge play Worthing, the refs on our side. Which I don't know. Is that just? Uh, and I'm, I'm yeah. this is just a bait. This isn't slagging you off or anything, mate. Who's tweeted us in? But is that just bitter? Like because I don't ever think you know that. I think to, side. No, to be honest, the referee on Saturday, I thought um, I try not to criticize refs because it's it's a. It's a it's a hard it's a hard job, um, and not one that many people have got balls to actually do. Um, but I think he made errors on on both 
for both teams. There was no favouritism or anything. I think it was just consistently bad throughout the game, to be honest. There's some strange, some strange decisions, and you're like, yeah. what's going what's going on here? Like one minute he doesn't want to card somebody, and the next minute it's carding someone for exactly the same thing. And you're like, yeah. hold on a minute. He's just done exactly the same. Yeah. Spoke to him. And then the opposition player does it, and you booked him. Uh, Michael Class got booked. Um, I think that was for a bit of dissent, but I think just reading about the new rule changes, and I think if you say anything to the ref now, you're going to go into the book. I think that's. And what... do, we, do we? I mean, that could be a, a sort of topic for later on in the pod or some other time. But I kind of think that's about bloody time because you know you, you, we can't compare football to rugby. You're always going to episodes of each side, but you know. I've gone through the captain at rugby and, you know, they just leave it and it's on, but it's getting worse and worse. And, you know, they've got to do something. We've said it on this podcast plenty of times over the past few seasons, haven't we guys, about the descent and sort of respect towards referees. And maybe it is about time and maybe this will stop because they might stop and think, actually, hang on a second. You might not agree with something, but if you were in the workplace and your boss tells you something you don't agree with, you ain't going to start gobbing off at them, are you? Because you're going to end up getting sacked. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you were. Well, you're your own boss, aren't you, Pete? <laughs> Pete talking to himself in the mirror. Oh, I do. Great. That's what I do for a living. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, do, I, do we think it's about time? I think I think they brought the Simbin thing in a few years ago, didn't they? And I don't think it's been used. Was that well County League level, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. Yeah, but I think that was done as sort of a trial to try and to see how it works. But I don't think it's been done consistently enough and well enough. So if if it's if the yellow cards are going to be consistent and used and it's going to, uh, and people are going to learn from it, then yes, yeah, great idea. But I just see it, it's going to end up like the, the, the sim bins again. And it's just, it, I reckon it'll by Christmas, it'll probably have petered out a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's gone a bit weak. Trev, you were sort of like agreeing and kind of shaking your head there. And what do you think about it? Yeah. The, I agree with guys with the sim bins. I mean, games we've been to at step five and six as well, you know, and you're asking the referee to, then concentrate on someone who's off the pitch for ten minutes as well. He must. He's, he's soon going to have more, more, more watches up his sleeve, I think, than a than a thief in Soho. <laughs> no, to be honest, yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, why not trial it? Maybe a level at step three or four, and actually put a row of fourth officials in just for one year. Let them control it, and then you get the desired result at at the end of it. I mean, the, it all becomes a fad as well, where they. They look at they look really sharp on it for about three months and then by the time you get to month six you're like why has he not had a card for that yeah, yeah, in, yeah. in the bin for ten minutes there's no, yeah. no consistency with it yeah yeah, yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see how that follows on this season and you know I hope we do have a season where we're not getting as much abuse towards the referee and we we've all been guilty of it I'm sure of some critical like comments towards the referee over our footballing supporting lives but you know about time something has changed because you know we've got to look out for the future of the game here. And if people that are young, I mean, I was listening to Peter Crouch's podcast. He kind of was joking saying, whoever wants to become a referee, it's like whoever wants to become a parking warden and stuff like that. You don't go to like careers officer at school and go, I want to be a referee. I want to be a parking warden. Do you? It's kind of like one of those jobs, but we have to have them. I think, the I think we just need to ask for consistency, don't we? It's, it's, yeah. it's, all, it's all well and good saying, oh, we're going to give more yellow cards out. Yep. But go to games and there'll be a horrendous yep. tackle and they'll, they'll get away with it and there'll mm. be a little shoulder to shoulder that end up with the yellow card being brandished. Yep. So I think 100%. if they're consistent, I think people will tolerate it if they're consistent. If they're not consistent, that's when the trouble starts in the crowds and, and that sort yep. of thing. Yep. And fans 
that that Tunbridge guy probably had a very valid point in his in his eyes. Yeah, he's seeing he's not seeing consistency, and if, yeah. we all know that consistency is what what riles people up. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Before we um move on from Worthy, I think we just got to say I found a quote, Pete. What a winner from Wheeler. And don't you just love a 95-minute goal? Obviously, I wasn't there. So I went, good goal, question mark, screamer. 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 Black and white, black and white. I um, say, see, I didn't say Weldy. You said I screamer, Weldy, same shit, different, <laughs> different. Was it screamer? Day, mate. Um, before we move on, Pete, uh, signings. We've, we've had a bit of an overhaul in the squad this summer for the first time in probably a few years where we've lost players and, you know, it feels like there's a real sort of change at the club, doesn't it? And they're going to have to, maybe that's why the pre-season wasn't as consistent. We didn't have as many good victories as you expect. I know it's just pre-season, but we've signed quite a few players this year and ones that are bloody brilliant, I have to say. Yeah, I'm well, I'm well impressed with the signings, to be honest. Um, yeah, pre-season was iffy, but they're getting used to the tactics, to the way we play, the keeping a possession and as we know there's not that many t- clubs at this level who, who keep possession of the ball like like mm. Worthing do so they've mm. had to probably get used to that so it's all a mm. learning curve so yeah I was really really pleased really mm. happy with the signings and I think um, you know teams are going to have to watch out for us because going forward yeah. I think we're going to be really dangerous this season yeah well, Juan Luque, who we interviewed on our podcast, he's um he seems to be a real miss from Maidstone. Maidstone are gutted when he didn't sign with them. But as he said to us, he said he said that Worthing were the only club that approached him that didn't say, hey, you need to prove your fitness to us. They said, we want to work with you to get you back to fitness. I think that's got something to say, whereas Hinch was saying as well, he doesn't have to sell the club to people anymore. People want to come to us. So, you know, it's amazing how over the course of three, four years that he's not having to show videos and sell. They know they want to come to Worthing. The fact that him and Nathan are like sorting a plan out to um to it, like a player that was player of the season, I think, in the National South, what, three years ago, I think it was. I think three when Maidstone got last promoted. Trev, do you remember when that was? Hey. Two, two, two. And so yeah, two years ago when you know that he was player of the season voted and they're gutted he's gone, but he had a season out last year and we're willing to take the risk on it. And you know, he seems you know, from talking to him, he seems really keen and really loyal towards the club. And that's great to see, isn't it? Because you know, he said he's 31 years old, why should I go around having to prove who I am when I've had a decent spell at this level? You know, it's it's it's, it's fantastic to hear. Yeah, Pete, predictions for the season for Worthing. We've done it to Chris. What do you think? Playoffs, mm-hmm. didn't, didn't it last? Didn't it last season? Uh, I'm I'm going to go for um one above, so third home play. We don't have to avoid the eliminator. I think it, we we can avoid the eliminator. Hinch always said he wants to go one better than the season before, so that will naturally be third if we can get that eliminator. It'll be interesting to see. But once the players have gelled, we could have some great. So Torquay will be a big test for us this weekend. I think. Yeah, I think everyone said Torquay would be a big um, test for Dover as well, didn't they? And Dover. Um, <laughs> Dover did quite well. I know Pete's not a massive fan of Dover, but they did well to to get something out of... Uh, I mean, to be fair, it's only because they protect themselves from listening to his BS for like 90 minutes on the terraces, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys, go on. Um, I think for Worthing, I think you get playoffs and try and get a first FA Cup first round. Oh, I'd love an FA Cup run, mate. Every season um, I've been a Worthing fan, we've always wanted a cup run. It never comes well. And, you know, the amount of money coming to the club, I mean... You know, we were talking to our chairman about, um, you know, the ground improvements. And one of the things is, is as you know, guys, from seeing at Worthing, the, the St Elmo Road end, they demolished the stand to meet ground grading. 
Now, they're not going to be putting any terracing down there till they get promoted because they get a grant to do it. So it's paid for. So there's no point doing it now because they'd have to pay for it out of back pocket. And what they've said is they might look at doing is getting the roofing for it and then they can clamp it on after because they won't get they won't get a grant for the roofing, but they'll get a grant for the terracing. So they can maybe get the cover back up and like have it templated. But again, it's all money. And, you know, the more and more involved we get in the club, the more and more we realise that it's not just as simple as that as getting sort of putting some money up. FA Cup first round, South Shields versus Worthing at Woodside. Oh, oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> it's written in the stars. We could have Tiny Temper playing for us, couldn't we? You know, it, uh, it would be amazing. I mean, but we we said we looked, didn't we, Chris? And I don't think uh, when you come down to face um, Bishop, I don't, I don't think we're anywhere near you that weekend, are we? No, no. Shame. no. That would have been good. That would have been good if we'd been playing someone awesome. like Braintree that weekend or something like that over that part <laughs> of the world. But anyway, uh, it'll be interesting to see what Pete will be. Uh, we'll be following through and through over the season. Trev, Barnet got the season off to a good start, didn't they, on Saturday? You pleased yeah. with the performance? Just. Um, yeah, for 66 minutes. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Terry Tibbs, Terry Tibbs, talk to me. No, we played, <laughs> we played very well for 66 minutes. They had... One chance after we scored our first when Laurie made a fantastic double save. And then I felt we coasted through the last remainder of the game. And um, we had a lovely, lovely 10 minutes of stoppage time at the end of the um, end of the game for no apparent reason apart from Jerome McKimo went down for a bit of a head injury. But it certainly didn't prompt 10 minutes and uh, we were hanging on by the end. But <clears throat> Dean wasn't Dean wasn't very happy. Um, he did. He did a pod come out a couple of days beforehand with B's pod and said on there we want to concede less this year and uh, 66 minutes that was looking lovely and then by 90 plus 10 minutes it was a little bit too close for comfort. Yeah. No. I mean, what about Pete's friend? Is he playing much, or do you think he'll be much involved in this season? Old Marvin Armstrong, Marv Grafter. Strength in depth this year didn't even make the 16. There you go. Really. But yeah, that's how strong we are this year. If everyone's fit this year, we had there was him, Moose Diara, uh, Dom Revan, and we didn't put a keeper on the bench either. But none of them made the starting uh, starting eleven or the uh, all the five on the bench as well. Really strong when everyone's fit this year. And how about the signings this summer, uh, Trev? Have you um have you made some good signings? Are you impressed, or are you not? You think you're not quite there? What what do you feel? Uh, massive upgrades. Massive yep. upgrades on the bit. Um, I mean, when you look at the players we let go, only Rob Hall is at Hampton. Uh, who else picked up a club? I think only well, Michael Phillips is at Hastings. Uh, beyond that, I think the other four or five we let go still haven't found a club yet. So that mm-hmm. shows the level of players we've let go. But um, if they are, I mean, the 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 guy we brought in from Chelmsford, Adiel Aluwa, got the first goal at the weekend. He's um very, very, very impressive. Um, yeah. And he's constantly going to make the step up. We've got Finley Potter back on loan from Sheffield United, Sam Barrett from Maidenhead, um, and Zach Brunt, who we got from Sheffield United. There's one nice little link with them as well. But he's um he's about two seconds thinking in front of everyone yeah. else. So. Yeah. We're, we're, I'd say we're too short of challenging for the title. Yeah. Another striker and a defensive midfielder. Um, if we get two of those in, I'd say we're in, we're in the title race. But without them, I'd say thirds the best we're hoping for. Well, I was going to say, what, so you, you think, you think, what, what do you think though? So you think you get a striker, you, where do you, where do you think you'll be? 
Depends because we had to take Gormo off on Saturday because he was sitting on a booking and uh, he, he did commit a couple of fouls, not bad ones or anything like that, yeah. but um, the way the referee was starting to referee the game, um, Dean took him off to save us, ending up with 10 men. Yeah. So we then have, had to alter the team a little bit and it didn't work. So I would say that defensive midfield is more of a priority. Yeah. Striker can wait until Cabanda gets injured. We've got Callum Stead as well. He yeah. can play up top. Barrett can play. We could play with two false nines if we wanted to. Um, yeah. But again, um, as Dean said, I think what day was it? On the, on the Thursday, till the EFL window closes at the end of August, everyone you want to, you try and inquire about now are all in and around the first team squad. They ain't going to play, but yeah. they're keeping, EFL clubs are keeping their options open for another four weeks. So mm-hmm. give it time. And then there'll be a few players as well that still haven't found a club. Um, the only problem is, is that is that they're not going to be fit. Yeah, no, fantastic. And if you don't get those strikers, where do you think? Do you think it'll be a playoff run? Oh, playoffs easy. Playoffs easy. Yeah. But there's no easy games, as Oldham found out at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Wrexham found out. <laughs> Wrexham, yeah, Notts County found out the same well, as well. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to the next series of that, but we can't talk about Wrexham anymore. We've got to have a new hashtag United <laughs> we can put the hate on this year, can't we? <laughs> <laughs> Pete likes them, don't you? But anyway, fair enough. Gaz, um, before you shoot off for your barbecue, um, yep. any pre season stuff for you? Obviously, you've been very busy. I think you've been to um, a couple of games with Trev, haven't you? But um, Yeah, I think I've actually only been to one, right? Um, I went to Wick against Littlehampton. Um, right at the start of July, I think. No, nah, mid July, uh, wasn't it? About 15th. Nah, Molly was born on the 14th, so I definitely wouldn't have been there then. Well, maybe it's the week before then. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, early, early sort of middle part. And then I actually took her to her first football match yesterday. Um, Bloody hell, starting um, her young, mate. Bloody yeah, hell. <laughs> yeah. She's really long as well. Have you so got her a man? Have you got her Man City shirt yet? None of that rubbish here. Thank you very much. Have you got her United <laughs> baby girl yet or anything? Uh, uh, do you know what? I've been warned that my testicles will be taken. Um, <laughs> yeah, but mate, you know when it's you know when it's daddy don't daycare. Need anymore, though, do I? You know, so. you know exactly. You know when it's daddy daycare and all that. Like Chelsea's yeah. away. Get her yeah. in the photo. Get the photos done. That's it. You don't need any more, yeah. do you? After that, get the photos done. Hide it every time. Chelsea, Chelsea will look all over the house for it. Hide it somewhere she doesn't know. Where you keep that secret porn stash. Put it in there, and then you can have it every time. Keep <laughs> that my phone. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you can make it out, <laughs> can't you three D print or something like that? You know, you have got the technology now. They hologram. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. So, uh, are you? Are you okay? You, you can't. You can't sort of dispute how much it's amazing to be a dad for yourself. But are you? Um, are you missing any of that football yet? Are you? Are you chomping at a bit to get to anything? And will well, we? Yeah. See soon, so yeah. the ga- I went. To, sorry, I took her to a game yesterday. Um, my brother does. I don't know if you've heard of it. Man versus fat. It's like yeah, a yeah, 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 yeah. So he played an eleven aside for that. Um, yeah. Played very well, might I add. Um, and his team won six one. So it was it was decent. Um. I took her to that, and then halfway through the second half, she got hungry, so I had to go inside and give her a bottle and feed her, do all oh, the daffodil But you know what? <laughs> As she gets a bit older, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to taking her. And there's a few, um, I've seen a few Twitter pages, I think, um, where with dads taking their kids to to football in carriers and, and, and buggies and crowns. Are, try- are you trying to get viral? Is that what you're trying to do? No, <laughs> not about being viral, but I just, yeah. Well, you know what I think it is, as we know today, like we've seen, I've 
the recording England women's beating uh, Nigeria on penalties. You know, Trev, you said during the Euros, your daughter's properly good. That's when they properly started getting into football. Because as I know, as long as I've known you, they weren't asked with it before, were they? And, you know, no. they get into that. And I see them at games with you all the time. So I guess, I guess that's probably, you know, to have a child yeah. born at this time of where the football, women's football's, by the time she's old enough to know what's going on, it could be huge and it's got even bigger than it is now. Yeah. And, you know, what a way to get a child involved in football. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah exactly. My son absolutely hates football. Um, he tells me he's a Chelsea fan, but the only reason he does that is because my Chelsea. It's only because yeah. his mum's name's Chelsea. So yeah, that's the only reason he does it. Um, he wasn't saying that last year when I took him to Old Trafford to watch his first game. He was like screaming and shouting at for United to score. So, <laughs> but he won't. He doesn't really enjoy the non-league side of it. I think. I think he gets. He find he gets a bit bored. He would rather play on his switch. But uh, as he gets, as he gets but, older, he might. He oh, might yeah, get he into might, it. Yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. You never know. Um, get get him on the uh, get him everyone, on the fosters when he's like fourteen and get the Stone Island in, mate. He'll be sorted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll fit him well with some of those Worthing fans, wouldn't he? Yeah, I know. Um, Gobshite, they are. <laughs> uh, but no, look, I want, I'm going to hope him to get out to a couple of games. I, I'm not going to be able to take her out in the winter, oh, but course. certainly over the next few weeks. You um, mean you're not you're not getting one of those dry robes and she's going to be poking her head out of like, the, yeah. <laughs> like that? Daddy, no, baby, grow. I'm massively underdressed when it comes to the winter. I'm normally just yeah. in a hoodie and a gilet. So there's no way that she's going to come to football with me in the winter, but certainly as when the weather gets a bit nicer as well. Well, guys, I, I, guys, I look forward to seeing uh, carrier bag photos uh, of a uh, baby in a, a baby at a football game over the over <laughs> the course of the year. But um, congratulations again, um, and you know we look forward to seeing uh, you know hopefully we'll catch it game soon. Um, yeah, right, I think I'll be on for the whole of the next episode. Episode fifty, I've got to be really, haven't I? Yeah, you've got so. to be on for our, you know, our, our golden jubilee. Golden jubilee is that fifty, isn't it? Yeah, golden yeah. jubilee. There we go. Golden. There we go. We're nearly as good as Lizzie. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, after that, after that, no, that's really not in taste, is it? Uh, after that, all our little thoughts of the season and stuff. Let's hear from Ollie Bayliss. One of the key, key vloggers and presenters of non-league football, uh, the go-to guy. He's always been good to us on the Premier Non-League podcast, and. Trev and I sat down with him and spoke to him about his thoughts of the season. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Are you PNLP? Ollie, it's good to have you back on the Premier Non-League podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Um, firstly, congratulations on um, your BBC show being uh, re, what would I say, re, relaunched, or would you say uh, renewed? Is that, is that the right word? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's great. Yeah. It's nice to sort of have only, only missed the closed season. Yeah, we, we, we finished at the end of last season and, and back up running again. 
the start of this season. So, yeah, I haven't really missed anything. Um, yeah, back on a Monday night, which is quite nice because it means we look back at what happened over the weekend. So, yeah, thank you. I'm very happy. No, no, because I, I, years ago I worked in the radio industry and, you know, I, I've seen it all since and seen people like, you know, shows cancelled, stations closed, everything like that. So it's a relief to see that probably one of the only sort of broadcasted non-league shows is still around. Yeah, I think so. I, BBC Radio Northampton have just launched one. They've just started one um, as of this Ooh. week. So it's <laughs> good to see a few places that are sort of um, launching their own and, and, you know, spreading the word about non-league. Yeah, no, it is good. It is good to see. So, Ollie, um, so you said you did obviously didn't do the show um, off season in the close season. How, how have you found the pre season? Any sort of like surprises or noteworthy stories you've been surprised at being in your non league expertise over the summer? I think we all kind of have a tendency, don't we, to to like overanalyze um, pre season games and and results. Um, on my show, I spoke to the Berkhamston manager. They won their opening game and they didn't win a game throughout the whole of pre-season. They got back to 7-1 in one game. They were losing to lower league sides, you know. Um, so I think that's sort of maybe a bit of a lesson that, that we all maybe take it all a little bit too seriously. Obviously, uh, from a, a sort of national league level, the situation at, at South End continues to be a little bit troublesome, doesn't it? And that's still... Taking yeah. on sort of watching watching that one. Um, yeah, there was doubt they were going to get the season up and running. Um, yeah. to be honest, and they've now obviously been allowed to. They got their ground safety certificate right yeah. in the last minute, a few days before the, the start of the season, but the league is still threatening them with 10 points. Yeah. That goes wrong. That that seems like a big question mark. Um more positive of the situation at Berry, Berry FC merging with the, the sort of Berry fan group, they're back at Gig Lane, back playing under the name of Berry FC. Uh, that feels like a real sort of positive thing that's happened over the summer. Well, it's funny you say that. We've got Liam from uh, the Shrimpers Trust and all at Sea Fanzine joining us on the podcast later on. So good old link in there, Ollie. It's like you knew what was going on straight away, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Do you find as well, Ollie, sort of like so much social media going on as well, it's so easy to just analyse that, you know, pre-season game because there's been nothing for like two months and then there's, there's crumbs and then all of a sudden there's like a there's like a feast in front of you and it's just easy, isn't it? Just to, you know, put your thoughts across. Yeah, totally. And 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 clubs clubs announcing signings as well with big fanfare. I mean it's something that's yeah, something that's trickled down from I guess from Premier League football and Premier League clubs that put, you know, social media strategies together now to sort of announce that they've signed a player almost. Um and that's trickled down to non-league, all well and good, but often you'll see a player kind of announced as a signing in, in May, right, before they can even register them. And then come July, they've moved to someone else. Um, well, are you so, hinting at Dover by any chance? <laughs> and not, not in particular. Well, there's been a few, right? There's been a few at National League and lower down as well. Um, players that have, have moved around and, yeah, jumped around and announced signings that have then turned out not to be signings. Yeah, there's one at Dover, wasn't there? Um I guess, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's people getting overly excited and excited about signings. There's no harm in it, but mm. I think everyone probably, you know, needs to just calm down and wait for the football a little bit, don't we, over the summer? Do you think it's just because of the social media revolution that they're doing it? Because, you know, everyone knows with, like, you know, non-league, there is, like, obviously certain rules and regs. And as you say, they're not signing. If they're not contracted, they can be tempted away by somewhere else. So it seems a bit daft to sort of be touting around all over social media when, you know, it could draw the attention of a club. Oh, yeah, that's a player that's been on our radar. Let's go and try and talk him into joining us instead. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think probably in the sort of circles of, of managers and players, everyone sort of knows where a player is it's hard to hide a player isn't it? even when you see like try this listed on the 
the old sort of pre-season friendly sheets I think a lot of people kind of know who's who's going where and, and who's doing what but I yeah I I think it's there's not there's there's not many secrets in the world of non-league once pre-season friendly start playing but yeah, I remember a time, you know, I'm not that old, not that long ago, where you, you go to a non-league match and you find out who'd signed by just sort of seeing who was coming out the tunnel at three o'clock. And it's mm. sort of like, oh, who's he? Where's he come from? Or, or where's he gone? That sort of stuff. You know, is he away because he's on, on a stag deal or he's on holiday? Or is he away because he's he's gone and joined someone else? Um, all that stuff's sort of gone now. You, you obviously find out well in advance who your club signed, which it's all good. I think it, it increases the interest, doesn't it? Sometimes maybe we all go a little bit, a little bit over the top over the summer. Yeah, people do get carried away. Um, you know, I think you, you just, even in the circles of, you know, the club I support Worthing, you know, people are worried that you don't sign and people are worried you'd sign too many and change too many. It's like they take pre-season too much into account and it's like, hang on a second, these guys haven't even gelled yet, let alone like, played a few games competitively. So let's just wait and see. And, you know, it's it's an exciting thing. And, you know, it, it adds to the sort of flavour of football anyway when you can uh, talk about signings and stuff. But sometimes you say get carried away is quite uh, too eager sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. But then it's part of the fun of it, isn't it? And, and actually, I suppose all that social media stuff does bring in fans. You know, if, if a club can announce a, a player that, that people have heard of or, or a bit of a name, it does it does draw in fans. It, it you know increases interest as well. So you know, to a degree, I think it's 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 you know it's always a positive in it. But it's nice that we've got actual games to start talking about now. All the leagues are pretty much up and running or are going to be this week. We can get actual actual games to get excited about. So, have you got any predictions for the forthcoming season? Obviously, we got rid of the big spenders, Wrexham, in uh, into the football league. I mean, not that there aren't ever big spenders. You know, the national south where Worthing are. You got Yeovil and Torquay that have come down, which we you know EFL clubs not that long ago that you know are competing in the championship. Yet, let alone the nor uh, northern leagues as well, the um, national league north. Um, do you think we're going to see some surprises? Do you think you know some of those teams that are falling could fall even further? I think it. It feels a more open National League, doesn't it? At that, that top level, at the National League level, not having Wrexham and, and not having Nuts County, I think, means that certainly Chesterfield or fancy their, their chances this season. I think they've, you know, they've brought in Ryan Boot in goal from Solihull Moors, who I think for me is the best or one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Will Grigg as well. Remember him um, from. Will his, Grigg's on fire. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was at MK Don's last season. He's only 31. That he's been around for yeah. ages. Um, it's amazing how he's, yeah, he's been around for ages and he's kind of not fallen, but you'd think that like, he never sort of made that impact after after that famous chart. Was it the Euros? I think it was, wasn't it? In uh, when he, yeah, was it, was it, against, was it against Belgium? Was it the, oh no, that I'm, I'm thinking of the, I'm thinking of the Wales one, aren't I? But he was saying, yeah. it was in the group yeah. stage, he scored, didn't he? Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's got a chest, I think he's a good striker for, for that sort of level. Um, you, Probably fancy part of Paul Rochelle to do all right. It doesn't look like they've lost loads. They've recruited some, but I think both lost on the opening day, so so maybe not. And then you, you Boreham Woods, you, you sort of Barnets, clubs like that that have been knocking on the door, Bromley knocking on the door for a while. I think yeah. Boreham Wood have recruited well. Angelo Valanta's back there. He was a Dagenham Redbridge formula at Boreham Wood. He's there. Timmy Abraham, brother of, of Tammy Abraham as well. Um, it's gone to Boreham Wood, although got sent off opening day, so not a great start. But <laughs> exciting start, exciting start. 
What do you think about these um, teams that have gone full-time now? Like, you, for example, you've got Dorkin that have gone sort of a semi-full-time thing in the National, and then you've got, like, for example, Eastbourne Borough got taken over in the National South, and, you know, they're now full-time. They're spending a lot of money. I think they had a 2,000-plus crowd at the weekend or something, you know, so it's paying off compared to a few seasons ago. They've got rid of Danny Bloor, got a new manager in, Mark Beard, and, you know, where do you think teams like that will end up this season? Do you think it, you know, it could go either way, or you got much hope for them? Yeah, I think it's... It's almost hard now to get promoted or challenged at the top of, of that second step, isn't it? If you're not full time, if you, you've got players who are doing a day job as well and trying to juggle that um, along with their sort of football commitments. I think generally most clubs that have been promoted out of that league now have been full time outfits. You, know, you occasionally get a club will sneak into a playoff spot, but generally clubs that are going up through there are full time and more clubs, you know, South Shields have, have joined step two this yeah. season. And they were pretty much full time, I think, at, at step three as well. Yeah. Um, well, Chris, Chris is one of the actual contributors to the podcast. He's a South Shield fan, and yeah, he 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 was always sort of very critical of them going full time at Step Three before, um, you know, and they didn't make it obviously the season before last. But now they've finally made it at a level where quite a lot of the teams are full time now, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, Macclesfield at, at Step Four are pretty much full time. I mean, I think sometimes we get a little bit too sort of tied up in the label of full time or not full time. Like some of the full time clubs mm. are full time, but do like 38-week contracts or so any paid players during the playing part of the season. Some part-time clubs are training three times a week and playing twice and are almost there. Um, I remember sort of speaking to chairman and said, actually, you, your costs aren't necessarily loads. More. Almost by the time you've paid players to train three times a week and play a couple of times, almost moving full-time isn't. It's not like you're doubling your kind of wage book. So I think as long as it's sustainable, you just want to make sure the clubs are all right and they can afford to do it and they're not gambling on promotion and, and hoping to go up and, and, you know, to hell with it. If they don't, they're going to go bust. You hope that isn't what happens. And I don't think it is generally. Right. But yeah, it's interesting quite the level of now professional clubs, full-time clubs at, at step two and even going down to step three. It looks like you, you sort of need to do it in order to get the, the training time and get the commitment yeah. from players. In order to, to challenge, do you think it's taken a little bit of the fun out of non-league though? Like you know, all these clubs going full time because that's why a lot of us fallen in love with non-league. You can appreciate the national league being full time because there's a lot of clubs that have come down from the Premier, um, the, not the Premier League, but the Football League. Um, do you think it's you know starting to muddy the waters a little bit? Yeah, there's almost uh, there's almost two non-leagues, isn't there? You know, yeah. we, we've got to use non-league to describe everything from the the national league down to step six. You know, that's six tiers of football and, you know, it gets wider and wider as you go down. So you're talking about hundreds and hundreds of teams. Um, yeah, complete differences in there between you, you like your Chesterfields and your, your teams at the top of the National League compared to people playing in front of 40 fans on a park pitch at step six. Um, so, yeah, I think that kind of raw non-league experience of standing on the sidelines next to two men and their dog and, you know, players who have, have been in the pub the night before is still... Still very much there down the leagues, isn't it? But yeah, the top level, you've got televised games, you, you, you know, you've got all the sort of sponsorship deals, you've got all the interest and all the kind of ex um, EFL teams at that level. It almost feels like an extension of the, the Football League at, at that level. And now, yeah, trickling down into National League North and South. The likes of Yeovil Town competing in the, the National League South is absolutely bonkers, isn't it? A club of that size and, you know, facilities and stadiums of that size at that level. It's, it's still a world apart from you sort of United Counties Division One sort of teams that we all practice yeah. the non-league. That's how what we love. <laughs> how often do you manage to get out to games, Ollie? Do you, do you manage to get a little bit of National League, but all the way down to Step Six? You get that whole sort of, I suppose, 
breadth and width of everything. Yeah, in all honesty, probably see more of step four, step five, step six than I than I do nationally. So national league, local to me, we've got Boreham Woods and Albans, Hemel, Bishop Stortford are in the, the National League North. Very interesting how they get on. Um, but yeah, I see an awful lot of sort of Spartan League football. Um, actually, this weekend, to be honest, in a, in a break from the the brand, I was at the Community Shield final watching Arsenal Man City, which feels like a bit of a bit of a misstep on the opening week of the the non-league season. But yeah, that's what I want to say. I, I enjoy, yeah, football football at all levels really a bit of a sort of groundhopper. Not not a prolific groundhopper like some that have ticked off sort of hundreds and hundreds and thousands of, of games, but I try to get about a little bit and, and see different clubs and yeah, different players. Now, Ollie, you say you go and see different clubs. Now, I've you know I've known you for a little while now, and we've known you on this podcast and through my Worthing podcast. Um, what what is your who is your club? Who's your non-league club? I mean, or are you are you very open and sort of very vague? Because there must be a club you have a little warmth towards. Yeah, no, totally. Um, Aylesbury United is a club I I grew up supporting, and it was sort of the local hometown club. Um, so yeah, still the the club I try and see most of. Saw them in, in pre-season. Um, um, yeah, there's sort of a, a big change in, in personnel and squad over the, the summer. Yeah. Only two of the, the squad still there from last season, wow. playing in the Southern Division 1 Central Step 4 football. Um, actually playing in the FA Cup tonight, in the FA Cup replay tonight. Um, um, yeah, that's still kind of the first result I look for um, and a club I look out for. But I try and, you know, try and hop around and, and see a few others. No, I was just saying, my mates just said, do you play England? pre-World Cup one time as they were speaking yeah, United was that right? Only, yeah. only non-league um, <laughs> only non-league club to have ever that Spencer from the Rebel Yell podcast I just shout him out he's, he, I'm uh, sitting in his living room right now so he, he, he's a guest he's a guest in the background of his podcast <laughs> how you doing Spencer um, yeah yeah England um, only, the only non-league team to have ever played England um, Ellsbury United and yeah sold sold about 4,000 ticket, tickets uh, yeah Buckingham Road and, and yeah not that's crazy Slightly before, slightly before I was born, I think. I think they lead up to eighty-eight. I think. Um, yeah. Lost, yeah, I think lost six, right. seven, nil. I think, but, but yeah, good, good exposure for the club. And how do you think they're going to do this season? And what, what, what you say it's been a big change per se. Are you hoping for a promotion, or do you think it's sort of steadying the ship at the moment? Then you know, looking at season, or yeah, I think it, it's consolidation. So the club have been without a home and, and not being able to play in the town for sixteen, seventeen years now um, since they lost their ground. So it is an element of just training more so in all honesty and keeping the club going there's there's sort of a committee of volunteers that are doing a great job of just keeping things going at the moment they're playing at, at Chesham they've previously played at places like Tame and, and Leighton Town as well um, yeah I, I the club I'm sure the club would and the players will say they're going for promotion realistically just just keeping the club going the fact that it still exists I yeah. think is a, a bit of a miracle but there are Hopefully, plans on the horizon eventually for for a stadium in the town that, that they can share maybe with others and, and get back in the town because when you've got a non-league club and they're not playing in the place they're from, they're not playing in that community. Yeah. Very hard to attract fans to to come to sort of another town to come and watch that club, raise the money and stuff. Yeah, so it's uh, it's tough. We've seen it around with lots of non-league clubs, but Ollie, it's been a pleasure as per usual um, speaking to you. Thank you for joining us. Well done. Congratulations on getting your show back on on a BBC Three Counties Radio. If you are local, it's on it's online, isn't it? You can listen to it as well, not just the AB and FM. Yeah, BBC Sounds. You can listen back to to all that stuff. Everything on the BBC. So yeah, BBC Sounds is yeah. a nice way to listen back. Um, yeah. yeah, Monday night. So. Yeah, any point sort of later in the week, really, it's always worth 
dipping in and listening back to you, hopefully. Ollie, it's been a pleasure and good luck for the season and everything like that. And hopefully we'll get you on maybe towards the end of uh, thoughts of what your season's been like. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, guys. My pleasure. Are you PNLP? Great to hear from Ollie. Thanks always for uh, joining us on the Premier Non-League podcast. Guys, it's it's fab, isn't it? You know, when, you know, our own little non-league world of podcasts and vlogs and we all do kind of look out for each other. Obviously, Chris, Pete, you know, that's how we got to know each other. Trev, we mm. got to know you through that and everything like that. And that's how we formed our own podcast at... Bloody hell, we nearly made 50 episodes. Can you believe that? I can't I can't actually believe that. You know, it would have probably been a damn sight more if it hadn't been for bloody COVID. But you know, we uh we did all right, didn't we, throughout COVID? Because we basically did podcasts without talking about any bloody football. How <laughs> we ever did that, I don't know. But I think, you know, if if you're listening to this podcast now, send us in. We have got some loyal listeners, send in your sort of thoughts and memories of the podcast, any highlights you've had over the past few seasons, and we could talk about them again our 50th. Because I think, you know, it does it does kind of resonate. And, you know, it's weird now. I don't know if you guys think about it. You kind of look back sometimes and think, bloody hell, was COVID real? Like, you know, you know, there's going to be times in the future are going to be some blockbuster movie in 50 years' time when we're putting on this planet and people aren't going to believe it, but we live through it. And, you know, it's crazy to think that's all in the past now. Although I still don't understand when people get on my planes wearing face masks, but, you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there each, there each to their own, mate. Each to their yeah, own. Yeah, each to their own. Each to... But then again, I joke about it. Me, me and the missus went to Japan in 2019, and they've always worn face masks on public transport. And we bought a pack of them, taking the piss and wore them on public transport, let alone thinking less than a year later, we would be wearing them as part of daily yeah. life. It's weird, isn't it? But anyway, we forget about COVID in the past. Um, Guys, so... um. Stories in non-league overseas. I think it's you know one one that Trev. I know you always put the post on a Sunday about the the non-league paper. Um, over the summer, their founder passed away, which it really rocked the non-league world because I saw lots pouring out of tributes from lots of clubs. And you know we we can't lie. So that's where we you know have a read through before we you know get a podcast and get some stories to talk about. But a massive loss, wasn't it, Trev? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was reading um, a couple of things around the time as well with a couple of people that used to write for the paper, like Stuart Hammonds, who's now at Luton Town. Um, he edited the paper for, for quite a few years under um, David's tutelage as well. And when you sort of read through his memories and others as well, you know, he, he might have um, uh, he might have set the title up and, and, and not been, you know, editor in charge and anything more like that. But he'd still, he'd still grab a, a keyboard and uh, stick a couple of pieces together. He read through. He proofread people's stuff and everything like that. And um, you know, he's the reason we have a non-league paper today, which covers everything right from step one down to seven, and you know, a little bit beyond that as well. And it, it, I find in this day and age of newspapers and everything going online, I mean, we've seen newspapers fold for you know scandal reasons over the years. And you know, for a fact, you know, even at work, I use as you know, you guys will know, I work for an airline and before when I first joined you'd have papers all at the gate for passengers to pick up you don't even see that anymore because everything's online print journalism is disappearing fast and mm -hmm. I mean Trev Trev you make part of your living out of online vlogging and you know this is the way the world is moving but to have a newspaper that you know still is read by loads of people is still obviously making enough money to cover the publishing because at the end of the day in this day and age you know for a fact if it wasn't making the money it wouldn't be published. It would be an online vlog or blog or podcast and stuff like that. And it's great to see. So when, you know, when the founder sort of passed away, David Emery, you kind of think, wow, imagine if like he hadn't ever thought about this. Would where 
would would we have had the world of non-league and stuff in this nowadays? And the fact that I mean, was he the guy that did the football league paper as well? Was that him or was that just put part yeah, of the side? Yeah, part of the same group as yeah, well. Yeah, so it's part of the same group, isn't it? And it's you know, can I think of any? I can think of the daily sport, and that's completely different. That's uh, that's nothing to do with football and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I don't really know about someone doing something to a roast beef dinner at Toby Carvery. I don't think that's classed as football, but you know, Ooh. at the end of the day. It's um, it's great to see, and you know, long may it continue. And I think you know, with fans and non-league and the way it is, it's called delirium, Pete. That's what it is. <laughs> I told it. It was a risk of getting me on. I did ask to go half an hour earlier, Trev, but now he's past my bedtime, and this is when delirium sets in. But there we go, <laughs> talking crap. Anyway, moving on. Moving I can't on. Moving on. You just said that. Moving on, moving on. What one thing I did notice, I oh. did say, put it in the group earlier. Yeah, one thing I read over the summer in non-league paper, which really was interesting, because I kept kept every ep- every week there was one over the summer, which was fantastic. You know, you think don't even go on a, a season break. Is that Eastwood Community FC in the United Counties Premier North teamed up with Benfica of all clubs? I mean, that's big. That is big. And I I remember in the day, as you know, I'm a Charlton fan. I think it was Benfica that teamed up with Charlton back in the days when we were in the Premier League, actually. And Trev, you agree? Was that was that yeah, a must? I think you're yeah, right, right. Yeah. And yeah. you know, we we it had didn't um, last long though, did it? I don't. Oh, I think Javier Portillo was playing for. Was mm. it? Did he play Port? And he very nearly went on loan, or something nearly happened. But how has that come about? How how does a non-league club at that level attract Benfica? I can't remember what it was. I read it. But you're going back quite a few months. Yeah, it was, it was uh, 18th of June. 18th of June. It is a little while away. Yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. Um, I can't remember what it was that, that put the story in, but um, what they step? Step six? Oh, what's Chris? Five. Would you know United Counties Premier North? It's, uh, no, I know that, I mean, the level. Yeah. Um, yeah. I suppose the world is a smaller place now with social media and uh, the World Wide Web. It's kind of... Sometimes you just get these little chance moments online. Uh, it's like South Shields having fans in America, in Brazil. They just see things online. It's, it can just happen by chance, can't it? So mm-hmm. uh, uh, you might just need somebody on a on a holiday, turns up at a game, who knows? Right, this is what I've just Googled now. And this is actually on Benfica. As you know, as we're in Portugal, as I'm recording right now, so it's come up straight away. It's loaded Benfica's website, the actual official website. Um, SL Benfica and Eastwood Community Football Club established partnership. The agreement makes it possible for the club's coaches to work permanently in England. That was it, yeah. Um, so it gives them an opportunity to work. Yeah, right. uh, uh, is, I guess... is it something to do with the new EU rules then? It must be to do with EU rules, but... It obviously gives them an opportunity. Maybe they're sending coaches out to England to get experience of that and, you know, vice yeah. versa, you know, a bit of the world. And, you know, these are things, though. It's a, for Mango Football. It's something called Mango Football, joint partner Mango Football, part of this pilot project with a view for setting up further technical partnerships with other regions of the United Kingdom. Pete, should I get talking to some guys around Lisbon right now see if we can get some, like, um, get some... Uh, well, I mean, I wouldn't mind a pre-season tour of Lisbon. Can you imagine that? That'd be all right. Get some Sagrezen and some... You'll be on some flight to India, though, when that happens. Um, Guys, any um other sort of... No- anything of note you've noticed over the non-league season... Uh, a non-league off-season from the papers. Any interesting stories, signings, uh, anything? Well, the the only thing I really picked up on, really, which gave me cause to to sort of laugh, was I hate going back to him again. But it's it Dover signing players, and then two yeah. weeks later, oh yeah, they, they weren't signed from anymore. It's like I don't think their contracts are very go- watertight, are they? <laughs> what's going on down there? So I found that really well, strange and odd. Yeah. 
it was very very strange um i i mean something's going i mean pete we all know your thoughts of dover and you know to be fair they are a real well again i'm not going to edit it but you know what i mean you know what i'm thinking about the words I'm thinking of using. And and as I said last season, I made the rearranged game and I felt sorry for their fans because, Trev, you know Kent football quite well. Their fans, I feel sorry for them because they're actually a decent bunch and they wished us well. They're very nice. They're they came up to us and said, bloody hell, Worthing are a good side. You know, they, they're going to do well this season. They're really nice people. And yet even a couple said, I'm sorry for our 20 chairman. You know, like that's the thing, you know, it, it's just such a shame that like a club can, even when Hayden was trying to do the post-match interview with Hinch, he was getting shouted at to get off the pitch. It's like, I'm Worthing's me. Or we'll have to ask permission first. I'm interviewing our manager. That's what I'm doing. Well, it's the BBC's right. And it's like, uh, no, you know, these silly things. And it'd be interesting to see what happens with Worthing when they come down. Well, Worthing, I hope they don't entertain Dover. And I hope that clubs start making a stand because... It's it's just nice for nice. There's no laws or regulations. Not like you're overthrowing TNT Sport or whatever it's called now. You know, you're you're a known club. You know, we have got rules that we have to upload at a certain time. So why are they still? There's something deep rooted in that club, and does it all start with the chairman? Quite possibly. Um, on the flip side of it, I'd say if he pulls out now, then Dover would fold just like that. They've always struggled with their location where they are. I mean, they're flipping close to France than they are trying to yes. play in some Well, you were just a chartless, you're just an S team in um, Calais, S team in Calais. And um, <laughs> I mean, even going back to the 90, uh, late 80s, early 90s, when they were really successful under Chris Kinnear, they never trained down Dover, where they always trained mid-Kent to West-Kent, so that players that they were signing were only travelling once a week down to Dover, because players were, that they could, they could then pick players up from south of the water, just north of the water, because they've only got to travel that one day down there, maybe two if they get a Tuesday yeah. night home game as well. But their position just really goes against them. It really does. And the area's not in the greatest shape. Um, and unless, and again, as as we all well know, if you're not pumping a bit of money into a football club, you've got no hope, really, of going anywhere at all. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see because I've, I, I, I don't listen to these fan tables, but a lot of fans have got them going down or relegation mm. fodder. So it's going to be interesting to see. Because to, something... to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised to be honest. I think Mitch has got a massive job on his hands. I spoke to him. He was at the um our playoff uh eliminator game against Boreham Wood back in May, um, yeah. and I spoke to him then, and uh, he struggled last season to get to get players in. Mm. As well this year, I can't. I, from what I can see, from the players they've signed, their budget's even lower than it was last year. So you're almost asking for 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 trouble. And then you see the trouble they had signing players and then actually keeping them before they moved on anywhere else. And you know the in joke was when they actually did sign someone was the comment underneath was until he signs for someone else. Yeah. So they've got. Do you think it was they, a bit weird that he was quite vocal on social media and the way Mitch. Yeah, and the no, way Dave was social operates. media. Yeah, yeah, he's not. Uh, Mitch isn't a shrinking violet. I know that we, when we had him at Barnet uh, yeah. before he left and uh, went to, where do you go, Farnborough and then on to Dover. Um, the, the, the good thing he's got on his side is he's like down there because of his previous spells there. Um, people will be prepared to give him a chance. They pretty much know he's yeah. got a hand, one hand tied, be, tied behind his back. But the draw they got against Torquay at the weekend, mm-hmm. coming, coming from 2 0 down against a side that should be finishing that top two, um, you know, should give him a little bit of confidence. But he's really going to have to play on his contact book, I think, to yeah. keep him out of the bottom four. Staying in the south, um, one thing I was interested in is Eastbourne Borough. 
going full time. Danny Bloor moving on. Um, Mark Beard taking over. One of uh, a great coach at um, uh, Dorking Wanderers. Obviously, friends of the podcast there. Um, what are your thoughts on Eastbourne Borough? Is it going to be? Uh, is it going to be uh, an interesting ride, or do you think they really are going to make a go of it? Well. The centre spread in the paper this week, in the non-league paper, actually, was was pretty good. Um, I spoke to David Blackmore a few weeks ago, who's still chairman there. And um, reading through the article as well, it's they're trying to set themselves up to be ready for not just going through the National League, but into League Two as well, which I think is lovely. Um, and they're making lots of improvements down there for the good, actually. I I'm actually can't wait to um, uh, to go down and actually have a look. The mm. only thing that struck me from what um, from what Simon Leslie, the owner, was saying, and do you know what? He actually looked quite familiar. I don't know why. I don't know if I've seen him somewhere else before, and he's an Eastbourne lad, but anyway, was that um, they want players on loan from the Premier League and then send them back as better products. And I looked at it and I thought, that's, that's lovely, but why do you want to take someone else's players and development uh, sorry, and develop them, and then you send them back to where they came from. Yeah. Why you're not developing your own players, and then bringing them through, and then you sell them on for a profit, one or two maybe, but you don't want five or six players coming down because they don't buy into your club ethos. They're not your players. Well, they, they, they don't. They don't play for the badge, do they? Ago. No. And we had that a couple of years ago. We had so many players come in on loan. And again, end of the season, they're going back to their parent club. So that 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 just that struck me as a little strange. Like I don't, you know, I understand having a couple. Um, he did make the point that Arsenal only send out normally their goalkeepers and defenders, and they've trusted them with a centre forward. He's he's obviously young. Um, signings they've made, I think, are good. They'll be up there. Yeah. Um, whether they've got enough for a first year full time, yeah. they'll be. There's a lot of cup finals in that division. Your Torquies, your Yeovils, your Maidstones, all the full-time yeah. sides. Eastbourne have put themselves in that category. Well, they changed their logo, and I actually think it's for the better. A lot of people are taking the mick out of it, but I, I think it looks better than that. But... I mean, there was, no, sort of, there was no consultation with the fans, which is always a way to sort of endear themselves. They should have put maybe a few designs out. But I mean, I felt the old badge was a little bit scatty, you know. Like I know it's sort of a sort of nod to the sports and everything like that, but, you know... Uh, Langley Sports, as it was, but um, Trev, you spoke to David Blackmore on Trev Talks podcast, mm. your 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 own podcast, and you know what, what was it interesting? Like, what, what did he have to say? Hey, David gave a bit more insight to it um, as well. They've still got the um, the CIC version of it, which we learned about from him. We had him on the podcast earlier last year, so that's still part of it. So um, that's still got a an interest in it. I can't remember exactly what the percentage was. Um, was now, but it needed someone. He said that needed to come in and take the club to the next level. They've done as much as they can do. Um, and when you look at when you read through the article in the in the paper there, that um, you know they've put in a new tea bar, they've put in a restaurant. The players come in for training at nine in the morning. They all eat breakfast together. They've got lunch together. Um, they I think they're putting a gym in as well. They're sorting the hospitality yeah. out. So. It all costs money, um, you know, and again, as we know, if you don't pump it in, 
you, you you literally trying to allocate funds to one project before you start the next one. The thing that worries me: have they got the sort of financial support of the fans? You know, do they get the crowds that would dictate the expenditure? Because obviously, they need to make it back somehow. Well, there's nearly two thousand on Saturday. Was so that because of a new? Was that because of a new era though? I don't know. Um, they they've. I, I mean, last year when no, we didn't. I mean, Gaz didn't go last. We went the year before uh, when they played Tunbridge. And I think Dave Dave was expecting. I remember what he said would have been a good gate, uh, eight hundred, I think, something like that, and they had twelve hundred. Mm. Yeah. Um, so they 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 do average around about a thousand. Mm. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think you know, I, I a lot as Pete knows, Worthing fans seem to, you know, I think it's more the Danny Bloor connection had a bit of a sort of bitter rivalry with sort of Eastbourne. I was at Eastbourne. When I went there, I thought it was a nice ground. I thought it was a nice thing. I have to say, as you guys know, what my preferred type of holiday is. I'm very jealous of their shirt sponsors. Norwegian cruise line, Norwegian cruise line, oh, okay. and I was like, "That's my, that's the cruise line I often go on when I'm on holiday." I was like, "Do I find that was Worthing? You know, we got a new sponsor, but um, <laughs> but um, apparently it's because he's linked with travel and he's he's from the travel industry, yeah, goes another, travel agencies or something." There's another bit actually in the article if I grab it that yeah they've got Nor- Norwegian cruise, um, British actor and US TV host Oliver Trevano has also come on board. I haven't heard of him myself, but apparently oh, the um. The circles he moves in um, is the next thing they sort of want to get, um, you know, across into. Um, he was at Gerard Butler's screening the other week. Last week, sitting next to John Henry at the Belt Boston Celtic games. So, Interesting. yeah, like so, you know, it's 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 ambitious. But I mean, you know, this American connection. I think we might be talking as we joked off air. We might be talking about Crawley Town next season. <laughs> That's the way they're going. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, you know, because uh, Absolutely. that, that it, these you know. this Preston guy is it Preston? What's his name? Yeah, I can't be so, yeah. the guy with the big beard. The one decided it thought it'd be a good idea to sit on the bench for a game last season. Mm. Weirdo, <laughs> but you know, I, I do, I do think you know that there's always that you know, and I, I, I know from like you know talking, you know, as you, you know, I'm involved in the sports association at wherever we talk to like the chairman. You know, as I said, like in terms of the stand, like they're they're honest as I say. Look, at the end of the day. We're not going to put new terracing in because if we get promoted, we can get it. There are all these grants available, but there are other things they can do. Um, you look at you look at Eastbourne, and I think you know, fair enough. They're investing this money, and I hope it doesn't go Pete Tong because Eastbourne are a good club. Eastbourne are a good set of fans. You know, they're a nice club. I like going there. It's the only thing we've really got to rivalry in the National League South at the moment, and if you can call it a rivalry, because they're local. They're East versus West Sussex. You know, it's it's one of those. And, you know, I, I like to see all Sussex clubs prosper. And we've got a pretty good sort of football down in sort of Sussex and Surrey. Um, but it always does concern me as, you know, maybe it's been proven wrong. But, you know, Hollywood FC is Wrexham. They they ploughed shit. Sorry, it's loads of money into it. And, um, you know, a lot of that money's now been made from made in Wrexham or welcome to Wrexham, whatever it's called. And, you know, that that's, you know, it's a, a f- way of funding. Reynolds and McElhenney are clever because they've they've managed to find a source of the income that's going to end up being able to be pumped back into clubs. It's why clubs like you know as much as love them or hate them, hashtag United, they, they're getting they're they're getting big money because their YouTube and sponsorships and stuff like that, which is bringing money into the club. It's a modern modern way day of funding. But from a traditional owner, I hope he doesn't get bored. He's an Eastbourne boy, as you say, Trev. So it'd be interesting to see. And, you know, Danny Bloor, I think, was quite surprised he wasn't involved. But, you know, when you get a new owner, quite often they're going to want to have their own sort of stamp on it and a change of which, you know, good luck to them. I think it'll be interesting to see the season. 
Uh, and I'm sure we'll be talking about them throughout. And, uh, you know, I can't remember when we're having to play in them. It's not too long ago. Um, international, international North, um, Chris, any other interesting stories from around, even like not even a North, but, you know, step three, four around there, anything you've been yeah, interested in over the summer? A, it's going to be an interesting season. I was, I was sorting out um, my football app to, uh, at the weekend, setting up all the leagues to see, you know, what I was interested in. And the, the Northern Premier League, it was just, it was um, nice to see new names in the in the league. One of which is Macclesfield, of course. Um, Macclesfield Workshop, um, Workington are back in mm-hmm. in the Northern Premier League football ex football league club, of course, like Macclesfield. Uh, there's been a few moves across, though. Baseford and Ilkeston have gone from the Southern Premier Central back into the Northern Premier League, so. But just to, and then also to see um, hashtag United in um, in one of those leagues was just weird to see a team called hashtag United. It's just just bizarre. But they're oh, sorry. there. Sorry, go on, Chris. No, I was going to say, but they are there. You know, they're there on merit, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, I, I did see. I did see one of the set of predictions. I think it was the non-league bible on on Instagram had actually put hashtag at the top. Uh, Dulwich, who obviously have got their superb 3,000-odd average support, down in about eight. And then Horsham, who finished just outside the playoffs last year, in 20th. Now, I don't know if it was designed just to just to uh, rile a few and, and uh, <laughs> you know, a bit of mickey taking, but um, I don't think they got that table anywhere close to where it's going to be. No, not at all. Uh, clubs that, you know... You find you find out very quickly just how tough these these leagues are, and while, for instance, back in the north, you know, Macclesfield, we've got a huge budget. Worksop kind of walked the Northern Premier League East Division mm-hmm. last year. Yeah, They'll quickly find out just how tough it is because there are other clubs already at that level who are desperate to get out, who already have budgets in place, the likes of Radcliffe, um, who who are going to be there or thereabouts. Matt Locke, who will be there or thereabouts. These are these are tried and trusted clubs with a long history and at this level, they know what it takes. So I, I'm fascinated just to see how how it's going to pan out. Yes, it's great to be out of it in the National League North, but it's going to be great to watch from the from the sidelines, as it were. It's going to be a really interesting season at every level, I think. Well, we're also going to be keeping an eye on John Sayers, uh, Ashton United, just to see as United, Chris. Yeah, it'd be interesting Absolutely. to see because he seemed quite confident if you listen to the podcast that they're going to make a, or, or go this season. So that'll be yeah, an interesting one. That's exactly the point I make. You know, these clubs, I mean, Ashton, of course, you've got to remember they were National League North not so long ago. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, Macclesfield, Worksop, etc., who, uh, who, yeah, they're going to throw things at it, just as it's proved with South Shields having to take so long to get out of that league. Yeah. Um, these clubs, hashtag United, all the others, they, they'll quickly find out just how tough it really is. And um, obviously, talking about um, national, national league, national league south, national league streaming services coming to the south and north this season. Yeah. How do you think? How do you think that's going to go? No idea. I had a quick chat with one or two lads at South Shields, um, just after a preseason game, and they're not exactly certain how it's going to work. Um, I asked who who's going to provide this the actual equipment, um, and un- unfortunately the, the the main the media guy at South Shields, Danny, was on holidays. But 
the, the couple of lads I spoke to literally were just still in the dark. Um, yeah. Are clubs going to want to do it? Or, or who's responsible for providing the service? Who's going to provide commentary? Um, well, I joked we last like... season when we were played in the playoffs, I thought Pete would be knocking on the door in the National League going, I'm a commentator, I'm a commentator, can I do the Worthing game? <laughs> but I think, did they do their own, Pete? I think remote. Yeah, they do their own remote, don't they? Yeah, yeah. But how are they going to cover all the games? I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah, I know. Uh, they don't. The clubs, clubs, are, clubs are supposed to provide them. They were in the National League last year. So uh, will it be yeah. like some replay sort of for providing a live stream sort of thing like that for no, Worthing? No, no, TNT right. provided the cameras. Okay. They basically set up. Every I still can't get. I can't get used to that. TNT no, Sports. Weird, it's it's they, like um, so American. Basically, yeah. how it works is they set up with a one camera option for you. So wherever your main vantage um, vantage point is, if you want more cameras, which like Notts County, I think, add like looking about four or five, then you pay for those as a club yourself. So it depends on what you want. But as far as I was aware, um, the home club had to provide commentary or there's just no commentary you literally just had the stream but i don't tend to flipping have any of the commentaries up anyway because when you start playing the away teams they get a little bit too biased between you know for themselves and you're sort of like hang on to i've never been i've never been biased i wasn't suggesting you pete oh shut up <laughs> no no boys no no he told me <laughs> off for being too biased no i didn't tell you off for being biased it's being aggy Aggies. Actually, actually, this is this is the bone of contention because Pete, how many times have you sworn and had to apologise, even to our sponsors for swearing or people? I I, I think I only Once. said I only said piss off. You said f off or something, effing hell or something like that. No, we we beat Farnborough in that game last season, and I dropped the. Yeah, I'm um, sorry. That's end. ten times worse than saying piss but off. Once, <laughs> once. I told the referee to piss off. Anyway. So anyway, anyway, who... have it out of Slough and you can hear me and Pete reunited on the airways on Rebel Yell Live. Yeah, buzzing. Can I get a word in? No. Right, who's going to pay £9.95 anyway? I think that's quite expensive. Is it a game or a month? Well, well, they're doing a season pass or... No, you can't because because you because they, you can only buy a stream in the UK if it's not a three o'clock kick-up on a Saturday. So basically yeah. it applies to Tuesdays. the games. If you're yeah. on TNT, you can't pay for that game either, Mr May. Um, that's better. <laughs> um, but, I mean, when, when they brought it in, obviously... Uh, the they're going to put games on TNT as the National Pardon? South. Sorry, are they putting yeah. National South and North on TNT? Yeah, they will do. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, when um, when they first stuck it out and and that and everyone's going, well, what's the price going to be? And obviously they did it like really reduced where no one could get into grounds and stuff. And then when they stuck it out and and that as a as an actual thing last last year, the year before, I can't remember how long the National League's actually done it. And uh, and people went, oh, it's nine ninety five. And I looked and I went, well, what's wrong with that? Well, mm. why would I want to pay that to watch watch a game? And I went, hang on, you actually go to the game, you'll pay your petrol or your train fare, you'll pay double that for to get in, and then you'll pay for your food and drink, and you're quibbling, that will cost you probably, what, a good 40, 50, 60 quid? And you're quibbling about paying 9.95. I'm like, give you mm. a wobble. That's actually cheap. Because yeah. what comes it- sitting out, on all that extra secondary spend, you're not paying for. But I'm going to put this out there that some some clubs have got smaller fan bases than others. I'm well, presuming. Yeah, I'm, pre- I'm presuming all this money goes into a co- into the coffers, and then it's distributed equally amongst the clubs. No, no what happens pro is if, or... if they're still following the same pattern as last year, when you register as a fan, say Pete, you sign up for the service, 
it'll ask you to select which club you support. If you don't okay. support any of the clubs, you just select no clubs. So you select Worthing, same as James would. Chris would select South Shields. So if you log on and watch a Worthing or South Shields... actually do Bogner. ...or a Barnet game, um, the home team will get 60% of the money you pay. Okay. The other 30 or 40, I can't remember what it is, I think 10 goes to the National League itself, 30 then gets split between the other... Well, I think it's the North and South as well. So it'd be 72, uh, was it 60 clubs? 60, 48, it'd be 72 clubs, yeah. So it gets split between that. If you watch it as a neutral fan, say I watch South Shields versus Gloucester or, or whatever, then my whole pot is split between the 72 clubs because I'm not a fan of either. Fair that right. was the model they had last year. I can't imagine they're going to change it. Yeah. Right, but going back to your point about how much it costs a fan to go to a game, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, um, will this have a negative impact on non-league football? They because, said no. Because, they said no. Because, think... Yeah, because during the winter months, obviously they're spreading it now. National League's slightly different because there's a bit more press about the National yeah. League, even on you know Sky, et cetera. Um, but if it's going into North and South, then my fear is, come the depths, darkest depths of winter, then people are going to go. Do you know what? I'm not going to put my money into the club. I'm going to, I'm going to watch mm. it, watch it, watch it on the TV at home. Um, you well, you can only, you can only be able to do it on a Tuesday night. You won't be able to do it on a Saturday. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Mid midweek. A mid cold, dark, wet Tuesday in Dover. From 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 the from the research they've done, it doesn't affect the attendances. Um, those people that go. Well, we don't game, know. We don't. We don't know that yet until this season, do we? With the North no, this is what based on last year. Mm. Yeah. I've said as well, it's personal preference. I'll go to a game, regardless mm. of what the web is like, because that's what I want to do. I want to watch it live. Um, the only thing that would actually counter that for me would be we're away at Halifax on a Tuesday night. Now, I've got no chance of having a day off work to go up there because I'd have to have the Wednesday off as well to get back. Mm. Instead, I possibly might have gone to a step three, four, five or six game. So they may lose out on a bit of cash there because I'm actually pumping it in to watch Barnet play instead. But I've not seen much evidence as well between our supporters last year when they could have... We had a lot of Tuesday night games because of games called off and our running the trophy. Quite a lot of people could have taken those Tuesdays off, watched it on the stream, but the hardcore went. They always will. It's the, it's the floaters that you want to keep catching as well. I'm not sure you do. Yeah, you do. Um, you know, and oh, um, here we go. And I'm the one that normally gets told hopefully, off. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, I'll say it, 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 it's, it's horses for courses. It's you make your own yeah. choice as to how you want to do it. <laughs> I'm always for life, but in front of me, whatever level I'm watching, I'd much prefer that. I'm not, I'm not an armchair man, but some people mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. Right, maybe. I mean, well, guys, yeah. you can you can tell we can tell we haven't uh, we we haven't spoken uh, for a long time on the podcast. We've got lots to talk about and uh, lots to chew the fat about. But I think one one of the big big stories this summer has been Southend United. Can't, Liam, can't keep about the news. <laughs> Liam, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, nice to see you. How nice was it to see your team playing on Saturday when? Probably two weeks ago, probably if you hadn't been living under the rock for the last six months, we probably didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> Welcome to the Premier League podcast, for, uh, first episode of the season, mate. How are you doing? 
Thanks, James. Yeah, I'm great. I'm in a great mood. Um, I, well, I, after that, after that game, yeah, of course. That was a I'm coupon done. buster, man. Yeah. That was great. No one saw that one coming. We got 14 fit players um, out of a squad of 16. Uh, Jason Dimitriou joined the coaching staff sort of last minute this summer, and then got re-registered as a player. You know, it, it was. It's just like none of the successful ingredients for winning four nil on the opening day are anything that we we were throwing together, and yet somehow. We managed to do it. It was, it was astonishing. I was telling all my mates, you could get you could get Oldham minus two on the handicap, and you could get them at eleven to one. And I was like, <laughs> lump on it, you're buying money. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's it's crazy to think the story of you becoming on the podcast. Obviously, I wasn't around for the first time you came on. It was back in March, I think, with the winding up order, and you which know. One? Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> how many how many fingers you got, mate? You know that's the thing. Not enough. <laughs> no, not enough. So, so just tell us since then. You know, for those people that don't don't follow it closely, as a as a fan, and you know, obviously we know you're involved in a club with the podcast, and you're on the supporters trust as well, aren't you? And everything like that's that. Right, yeah, just come um, from the board meeting. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Trevor was saying it's quite a busy one tonight. I'm sure it was, but um. What what's the story been since then? Like when we got you on, sort of one one of many winding up orders, and and how has your journey been as a fan? Uh, it's absolutely heart wrenching. I think the the first and foremost thing to say is that you know since probably so the 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 we've been under an embargo since the end of September last year, where Ron Martin has effectively down tools. And you're, you're actually saying his name on the podcast. I thought it'd be a swear word. Do you want me to beep it out for you? I'm not. We're not in Harry Potter now. I'm not going to treat him like a, a cartoon villain. But he's 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 an awful bloke. I happily go on record saying that. I'm, I'm I, right write, write, I write that in every issue. Yeah. Um, he's we. So he effectively down tools has not been putting any money into the club. Players, staff. Um, casual staff, suppliers, local suppliers, all unpaid in all of this time, just debts racking up. HMRC, yeah, it's our money. HMRC is like taxes, right? That's what, mm. like, that's what hospitals get their money from. That's what the fire service get their money from. He's just not paying his tax, right? The bloke is absolutely despicable, and uh, and it's just been gut wrenching because the everybody's bills are going up, and he sat there going, nah. No, it's fine. He's got a he's got a helicopter with Southend United on the side, and uh, he filled it he filled it with fuel for his son's wedding over the summer. So his his son flew a helicopter to a, uh, the club's helicopter to his wedding, uh, and he's he's not been paying his staff. On now, work, working in aviation myself, I'd never want to see any harm to an aircraft. But I'm sure uh, I'll give you permission yeah. on this occasion to desecrate a South yes, United yeah, badge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I blo- mean, the bloke hell, is a monster. Yeah. The bloke yeah. is a monster. And like you forget, forget the football for a second. Right. That is just completely and utterly unacceptable for a, you know, if you want to be cynical and call it a business, you can. But like for a cultural, a thi- a, 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 an entity of cultural significance, in, in the local area for someone to just completely and totally like deny any responsibility and just wash their hands of the whole thing is un- completely and utterly unacceptable. It is, it is disgusting. Right. So when, when the club has been up for sale, we, we, we lost games. We won games towards the end of the season. We've got a really good first 11, right. And the, the result on Saturday showed that. 
And we can't build a squad. We can't do anything like that. But fundamentally, right, people are going unpaid. And this bloke is basically just getting away with it. And he's stringing the whole thing out. We didn't, we, we've we been under this sort of like, what is going to happen to us situation until uh, the National League made their announcement. I want to say sort of like middle of last week. I do genuinely lose track of time with all of this. But they basically said, look, you've either got, to, you've got to pay HMRC and you've got to pay all your football creditors or we're going to impose a 10 point penalty on you. And at that point, someone's finally put the whip hand, someone's got the whip hand over Ron and he's had to start putting money in, uh, taking money out of his pocket and paying the people he should have been paying all these months. It is, it is disgusting that he has been able to get away with it for so long. And I don't think that reflects badly on the National League because they do want the situation to resolve itself. Yeah. But some someone should have done something sooner than they have because this is, frankly, it's been completely embarrassing. Now, are you surprised the National League have allowed you to play this season? Yes. Yeah. So what, yes. your your summer, your summer, yeah, yeah, everyone, I've read it every week in the National League paper, mate. I've read it in social, I've read it on social, I've read it on the internet. Um, yeah, sorry, Jane. Yeah, I know, yeah, Trev, sorry, yeah, Trev, Trev, Trev. But, you know, what was it? What's the, what's the website again, Trev? I forgot. No, not on mine. <laughs> no, I thought you were going to plug yours there. Okay. Good, there, you go. there we go. Yeah. Anyway, I've given you the opportunity there. Anyway, moving back on. Um, I, I generally thought it wasn't going to happen. I'm sure everyone on here thought it wasn't going to happen. I mean, as I said, to put almost two fingers up on Saturday and get a result where you know you thought it wasn't going to happen yourself. Was that what was the sort of point of the summer you thought this just definitely ain't going to happen? Uh, I mean, it's just, it, it's a level of existential dread that's carried all the way through. It's almost day in, day out. You're like, what's happening in Southend United today? Yeah. I mean, we're, I'm on the inside of it and I don't know. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I've got a clue. There was, I think the point, uh, the, the really difficult point was, uh, the bid from Kimura, who are a London based, uh, financial services firm. They got two local lads as part of their senior management team. And they were outed essentially as an interested party in buying the club. And there was a lot of public, you know, ex not exposés, but sort of like, you know, they got in the press about who they were and what they were planning and all of this sort of stuff. And then it went quiet. And we thought, oh, right. Okay. So maybe they're not interested. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Ron, Ron is an, it's not just a nasty piece of work, but he's quite nefarious and quite surreptitious and quite yeah. sort of scurrilous, right? So there was no other publicly uh, available parties. We didn't know who else was interested. And and the fans, right, we're just desperate to get rid of him. It is really at this point where it's like anyone but Ron. Do you know what I mean? That is the sort of overriding emotion for everybody here because yeah. we just fundamentally cannot, like are struggling to support a football club that can't find more than... 14 players it's like it's like a difficult thing to get on board with yeah. so I think the most difficult point in the summer was like when those noises about when the excitement of like these potential buyers coming in when that started to die out and everybody was under NDA so we couldn't you know there was no publicly available information no one had publicly entered the race no one had publicly withdrawn because everything was covered by these non-disclosure agreements um we had reached out, the trust had reached out to uh, the agent who had been global. Is it General Sports Worldwide, I think? Is their name? I mm. keep saying global, but the, he'd mm. employed an agent to help sell the club. Didn't get anywhere with them. Didn't get anywhere with the hierarchy at the club. You know, chief exec Tom Lawrence, who's a fan, uh, he, you know, just hid behind the NDA. They all hid behind the NDA. And 
it was when it was when it all went quiet that we started to get really worried and you think okay ron's going to be in charge isn't he this is still going to keep going on this is still yeah. going to keep happening and realistically it was only when uh the worst part of all of that was the court case i think on like the first of july or something like that we had a july court case we had another winding up order so we had one winding up order in march that was dismissed then we had another tax bill that was heard in may that was adjourned till july so i went in court ron at this point hasn't paid like barristers or legal representation so he was in court representing himself and i had a fucking heart attack when he <laughs> stood up speaking to the judge. You know when you watch films, right? Yeah. And and the main character goes, well, I'll just represent myself. And all of the legal people go, you're, you're an idiot. You're a complete idiot. <laughs> so that was so that was like a re- that was a specific like 30 second low point where he started opening his own mouth in court and you think, okay, this could this could all be over at the end of this sentence. Um <laughs> but yeah, just sort of just not knowing what's been going on. So that's sort of constant level of dread has own, only been alleviated by the National League stepping up and saying, we're going to we're gonna deduct you 10 points if you don't yeah. sort just the basics, the absolute basics out. Yeah. That was so welcome. I think the lack of communication as well, Liam, like across the summer as well, especially when it looked as if it was getting close, then it was drifting away. And then I saw a lot of infighting amongst South End fans because... Somebody was putting out something. Somebody didn't agree with that. Somebody wasn't sure that was correct. Someone wasn't sure that was false. It's kind of divided, hasn't it? The um, you know, practically ev- everybody. It it has, and I think that there. I think there are interested parties. I think the the sort of the sale of the football club was simplified a few weeks ago when he announced because there's yeah. a, there's all this stuff about a pr- prospective new stadium, which is a se- essentially for the purposes of the sale been binned. So I think there are interested parties now because you're buying a training ground, football stadium, football club and debt. So it's a normal, it's a normal transaction in that sense. Um, I think there are interested parties and I do think that they would like to be open and honest and upfront, but Ron controls everything at the moment. So you have to do business with him. The people wanting to buy the football club don't aren't doing a transaction with the fans. They're doing a transaction with bloke who doesn't pay his staff because he doesn't because he doesn't want to because he feels he doesn't have to and doesn't pay his taxes because he doesn't want to because he feels he doesn't have to you know so the communication breakdown from everybody has been the case but it's been enforced by the one person because it because you have to do business with this man so he's he has some control over the terms under which that business is done so we've all just been suffering in other people's silence it's been as i say it's just been sort of it has been a real existential existential level of dread um that that you can't really you have no agency over we can't we can't really do anything about it we're just sort of witnesses it's it's like it's like watching a football game imagine if you were like you know Imagine if you were playing Chelsea and you went one nil up after five yeah. minutes, and then you spend the entire game on the back foot, and you yeah. think they're going to do it here, they're going to they're going to score, but they haven't yet. But they're knocking on the door, they're camped mm. on the edge of your area. Now imagine if that went on for about four months. Yeah. Imagine if you had that feeling of like, oh, they're going to they're going to put ten past us here, and it's all going to be over. Mm. You know, it's like it's like that. It, it has been un. I have not genuinely i've lived a very safe and privileged upbringing in the southeast of england 
and so I say this with an enormous amount of privilege, but I've never known anything like it. It's been genuinely horrible. I I, I do not know how the staff at the club have coped. It's been a, it's been appalling. Yeah, for they've them. been fantastic, haven't they? Just like on you mentioned that word suffering as well. Um, the, the back end of last year, we had um tackle this together, who um are very big on on mental health and in non league football at the moment. They've just launched last year a great uh, incentive to get a mental health first aider into every grassroots club they can. What was it like for just you, your mental health over the summer with your club, literally at death's door every single day, maybe inching away one day and then that inches back further to it? It's it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's a horrible feeling because it underpins a lot of my connection with my town. I live in Brighton. So I, I go to as many away games as I do home, but my parents still live there and my a lot of my friends that I go to games with still live there. My parents are, my mum's in her late 60s and my dad's in his 70s now. And if that football club folded, I, w- I would not be there for them. I would not see them anywhere near as many times as I do. Like, that, they they would die without, you know, potentially with without me being able to get to the hospital in time because I don't go back as frequently as I do, and I yeah. and I like that that might sound really over dramatic, but like that is it's one of the chief reasons I feel drawn to the town I grew up in is is the club. It's the excuse I have to go back and see my friends and to go back and see my family, right? And the thought that I know that if that wasn't there, I would find a different reason not to go back every other week yeah, or whatever yeah. right and that and and it that that scared me yeah because i'm going to miss out on things i'm going to miss out on time what time you know they they i'm lucky they're healthy and so are my friends but my friends are having kids so i'm going to miss out on seeing them grow up and i'm going to miss out on like the autumnal years of my mum and dad potentially that was all running through my mind all the way through this and it was horrible it's put an enormous strain on my girlfriend and I's relationship because I'm distracted all the time I now sit on I, I work in a factory and so I don't sit in front of computers all day so I come home and do lots of zoom calls in the evening the one I was on this evening was about two and a half hours long and that in general that's been every monday and and so we don't spend as much time together as i would like and hopefully as she would like although maybe she's sick of me by now <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it it has affected every every personal relationship that i have this summer has like perfect like stress tested a lot of it and i have not enjoyed it and i and I, it's not over yet so I'm not going to draw any conclusions, but yeah. like it, it has been really tough and it has asked a lot of questions about yeah. me and the people I'm closest to. Yeah. And it, it should be, it should be a game yeah. that on a Saturday afternoon for a laugh, Yeah, we should nah. be like, you should, we, this should not be a big chat. We should oh, be no. having a laugh. That. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Liam, it, it's great to hear from you. I mean, do you say you're in Brighton? I am, yeah, I am. But you're just down the road from me and Pete and Worthing. So, you know, you fancy a cup game one time. Maybe we'll see uh, <laughs> Self and Worthing in the trophy with the FA Cup be quite nice and we could uh, have a few pints and chew the fat over it one time this season. Cause, I would love to. I was yeah. gutted to see you not uh, not quite make it through the playoffs last year. I was thinking, oh, yeah, oh, if they yeah. come up, I'd have love a local derby. I know, it would, it would have been fantastic. But I think it was just one season too soon. Maybe, maybe we'll see you this season. But, you know, 
come on later on in the season when hopefully everything's all sorted itself out and you've got a new owner and you know keep in touch with us because you know it's a fascinating story we do appreciate you taking your time out to talk and fill in the uh, PNLP's uh, fan base and let them know what's going on but um, just just give a shout out you, you're a part of the All at Sea fanzine am I correct in saying yeah, I'm one of the co-editors with uh, yeah. Jay, Jay Forsyth. Yeah. yeah, and you're part of the Shrimpers Trust, so do keep an eye on them. You, you are on social media. What's your uh, addresses <laughs> on social media? Best thing to find us on Twitter is at all at sea fanzine uh, is the best thing. So you'll find anything anything and everything South and United related yeah. there. No, I, don't I be a follow. Thanks, Pete. <laughs> Friend. Anyway, <laughs> that's just an ongoing joke. That's an ongoing joke. Anyway, uh, Liam, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck for the season. I'm sure we'll be uh, speaking to you. I'm sure this roller coaster of a journey will continue, and hopefully for the you know the, the ascent rather than the descent um, of the, it, this throughout the season. It feels weird to have had such a big chat when when we won four nil on the opening day. Crazy, but, isn't it? Uh, yeah, but you did ask. So crazy, so there you crazy. Go. Well, maybe um, maybe we maybe we we'll we'll think it was going to something else. We'll speak to you soon, mate. Take care of yourself. Look after yourself. Cheers, Liam. Cheers. Guys, thanks for Liam coming on, part of um, All at Sea fanzine. God, we've had a bumper first episode of the season, episode 49. What are we going to do for 50, guys? I thought 50 was a special one. We should have just, should we just edit this and put a big cross through the like things like episode 50? <laughs> it's not that. It's a bumper one, but you know, we've had plenty to talk hours, about. Yeah, I think so. I think we started this, uh, it wasn't yesterday morning, I thought. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know where I am. Um, so before I say anything else more stupid and I have to spend more time editing, guys, we got any, uh, we won't finish this podcast without saying, have we got any more shout outs, any funny bits? We've talked about a few things. Anything to say, guys? James, you actually making a game this weekend, or are you working again? No, I'm not. But I'm actually. That's a, that's I, a question. I'm Pete. going. I, I'm going. I'm going to Slough away on Tuesday. So that's my weekend. Oh, Tuesday, okay. Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday. night is Slough. No, a week, on Tuesday, also, week, no week on Tuesday. Week on Tuesday. Yeah, just after Torquay. Yeah, after Torquay game, we got a long trip. Pete's got a long bloody trip down to Torquay and back, haven't you? On Saturday, I bet you <laughs> cannot wait. You're doing it in August, Pete, not in. Uh... January yeah. last year. Well, well we, we, with the weather at the moment, it's like bloody January. Well, apparently, someone says we said apparently it's meant to be quite nice this week. Right, so yeah, let's not, wait and yeah, see. Uh, Chris, Chris, what have you got this coming week? Couple of weeks. Um. Well, uh, Saturday uh, won't. Shields are away to Boston United. Um, we're not travelling, uh, but we will be travelling to Farsley Celtic on the Tuesday, which is in Leeds. So it's a. It's almost like a home game when it can you consider the travels. So we're really looking forward to that one. Old friends of ours, Farsley from the Northern Premier League. So really looking forward to that. Fantastic. And um, Trev, anything for you? Um, well, I'm going to have a night off Tuesday this week because I went to Littlehampton in Irith and Belvedere on Sunday in the FA Cup, which was six goals. So I've watched 11 goals in two games, done quite well. Um, Who won that? I missed that result, actually. Which one? From Sunday. Littlehampton uh, lost. Irith won 6-0. Did they? <laughs> Dude, yeah. I remember you said Dicko scored too. Who's Dicko he scored chat? twice. Absolute replica, the second of the first. Right. Still got it. Um, so, yeah, a, a Tuesday off, but Saturday after the pod comes out, I hope to get two games in because we Barnet kick off at Bromley at 5.30 on TNT Sports. So hopefully I'll get to the Glebe or Holmesdale beforehand. Doesn't then... TNT Sports sound a bit like TNT Sports? It's in the game. <laughs> sounds like a parcel service. Yeah, it does, yeah. Um, it does, doesn't it? And then next Tuesday, we've got Eastleigh away. So, nice, easy one for me, just an hour down the road. 
guys, it's been a pleasure. We've had bloody loads yeah. to talk about. It's really great to have us all on again. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. We do promise you this season we'll try and be a bit more consistent because we do realise, and Gaz, bless him, sat down before he left his... I think he did it on company time of his old job, didn't he? he? sat down and worked out every week we're going to record. As you know, we record on a Monday and we release on a Friday. Um, if you've got anything you want to hear from us, you know, we, we've really had having... Thank you to Liam and thank you to Ollie for coming on this week's podcast. Uh, do follow us at the PNLP on social media. As we say all the time, we love your comments, so thank you for sending them in. Keep sending them in because it does cheer us up. But if you like it, just share it with one other person. Someone new every week. Someone new every week. And, you know, it will just grow our listenership and we can do more things for you throughout the season. But join us in a couple of weeks' time for our 50th... Um, well, I say 50th anniversary. That sounds like we've been going for years. 50th episode <laughs> anniversary. Yeah, we, we've loved every every episode we've brought to you. But, guys, from myself, James, Chris, say goodnight to everyone. Bye-bye, everyone. Peter. Good night, all. Are you Peter? No. Wait your turn, Trevor. No. Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> Stay Good safe. Night. Everyone talks over me. Stay safe. Be seeing you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.